Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene. It is your host, Jackie Zuck. I am so excited to be here with you today and tell you how to become next on scene in your passion, in your field of business, or whatever else that might be. So today, I am so excited to have an amazing, inspiring guest on the line from New York. But before I do that, I also want to always share a marketing tip of the week and also a self-care tip of the week. Um, so marketing tip of the week is to really, really, really explore video marketing. If you're not doing it, um, it is so game changing for your business. You can use it for your websites, for your emails, for your content, all the above. I just cannot say enough amazing things about video marketing and what I've seen it do not only for myself, but for my video clients. Um, so definitely highly recommend really exploring that venture for yourself. Um, and in terms of what to showcase, do not overthink it. It just needs to be authentic. It needs to be raw. And then obviously, as you grow, you want to always jazz it up and hire professionals that can help you do that. So just start with what you have. And then as you grow, then that's where the dollar and the money can be put into the actual product. So that aside, my self-care tip of the week is all about... What is my self-care tip of the week? Obviously, if you haven't noticed the past two weeks, I haven't done podcasts. I've had so many things going on personally, um, and we all have these things that actually come up, which is why I wanted to talk about this today, to really not be hard on yourself when things come up out of your control and you can't always be on your A-game. Like, let, let it go and just pick up where you left off. Today, I'm picking up where I left off and I'm starting a new um, run of awesome podcasts. And despite the two-week hiatus better late to join back in than never, right? So always make things work for you and don't put so much internal pressure on when things come up, but there is importance in consistency. So just be realistic with yourself and um, don't be hard on yourself. Be realistic, but don't be hard. And that should be the goal of this week. So I am so excited to share my amazing, inspiring guest with you today. I have the amazing Michelle Land from Brooklyn Knight Media. She is the CEO and founder. Brand new PR company, but she has a kick-ass background. She's worked with the Food Network. She's worked with many celebrity chefs, many restaurants, many areas in hospitality and beyond. So if you're looking for a rock star PR girl in New York, Michelle is one to know and is changing the way we are being seen after COVID-19. So stay tuned for the amazing Michelle Lamb. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene. All right, everybody, welcome back to Becoming Next on Scene's podcast. I am so excited to be here with the amazing Michelle Lamb, the founder and CEO of Brooklyn Night Media. Hi, Michelle. How are you today? Hi, I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I am so excited to have you. And you are such a rock star. You're a mom. You're a boss. You're doing everything. So tell us a little bit about, first of all, because you are a publicist and you launched your own business, how did you even go fall into the world of becoming a PR girl? So, I mean, this is like back in history when I actually was in college, I didn't go to school for PR. I just, I was actually in a law firm. I was actually a paralegal. And then a good friend of mine introduced me to the whole PR communication world, which I did not know a thing about. 
But she said that because you're so personable and you know how to represent, understand the product. And, you know, you pitched to me several times your background and your resume. I think like marketing PR is more of your specialty. And then she just told me, hey, listen, there's an, you know, an opening at my job. Do you want to come in for an interview? I went in, I wowed the bosses and I got hired within, I don't know, like two weeks. And then I've been like doing PR ever since. Probably over like 14 years ago, but I've been doing it, you know, for a long time. And I fell in love with just connecting with reporters, connecting with producers, you know, working with different types of clients that are like, you know, top of their game CEOs at, at their company. And it gave me a lot of, you know, opportunities to grow. So that's how I got started. And I just kind of fell in love with the whole media space. And I just kept on doing it until... I couldn't do anymore. Uh, that's when I had my daughter. I decided to like be a stay-at-home mom for you know a year or two. But um, I love it. That's how I got it. I love it. And then obviously too, for my audience who doesn't know much about you yet, like you are really niche marketed in the food and beverage world and restaurants and all of that. So how did that niche market come about for you? So it's a good question actually because nobody actually knows that my family were uh, restaurant owners. Cool. So, you know, first generation. Yeah, first generation American, born Brooklyn, raised. My parents were from um, China. And when they came to this country, they were so homesick. They didn't know what to do. And the thing that's closest to their heart and to bring close to them, you know, about their, like, country and their homeland is just food. So mm-hmm. food brings everyone together. And then my dad decided, you know, he's always been an entrepreneur and he's like, I want to start a business. I'm going to own a restaurant. I'm going to cook the food that, that I miss and I'm going to serve it to the community. And we actually started off in Chinatown, New York City. Awesome. And, you know, just being part of that whole family running a business, I realized the whole marketing aspect and PR, it just never really existed. It was more like word of mouth and, um, a lot of people within, you know, the Chinatown Manhattan in New York City, they knew about the restaurant, but outside of Manhattan, nobody knew that the restaurant existed in Chinatown. So I think marketing outside of that, at maybe like two, three blocks radius, it was difficult. And I tried as I, as I got older to help him market, but I think a lot of the smaller mom and pop restaurants or even, you know, the whole hospitality realm, they, they don't have the budget for it. Right. So when you don't have a budget for something, you just tend to rely on word of mouth and maybe someone will tell other people. But, you know, in today's world, you rely on social media, you rely on PR and like Yelp or Eater or any social media outlet mm-hmm. to like get your, your name and your services out there. So I kind of, I didn't fall into it, but I grew up doing it. And right now I actually have the experience and knowledge in social media and PR, I might as well just help all the mom and pop shops out there that are struggling. Right. So true. And I think it's such an, it's probably such a fun market too, right? Because you get to take pictures of the food, you get to talk about how drinks are made. It's like you could experiment with a lot of different things, I feel like. Yeah. And a lot of the business owners and also chefs, they're very open to creative. They want to create something that other restaurants don't have to offer to the customers or even get like some of the social media influencers or food network or anything from that media world to come in and just like try out like what we can offer that 
you've never had before. So like they're very into just creating really cool food and beverage too. So that was pretty fun. That is fun. And also, so now let's also talk about how your own company came about. So tell us about Brooklyn Night Media, a little bit more about like who some of the people you guys work with and all that kind of stuff. Tell us more. Yeah. So for, so I, I launched Brooklyn Night Media um, back in 2019. I actually was working towards the end of 2018, but I wasn't sure. I was navigating. You know, my daughter was so young. Uh, at that time, she was two years old, and I finally just couraged up and I put her in daycare. I'm like, Mama has to work. You have to go to school. And then when she was at daycare, I couldn't find any job that gave me the work-life flexibility or balance. Mm-hmm. I still wanted to be a mom, too, and be, you know, part of her life. So then I took a lot of uh, freelance gigs and and I just worked many hours. I kept networking, building, talking to foodies, talking to chefs, talking to business owners, not just in the hospitality, but like I branched out and I talked to every single entrepreneur or, you know, moms who started their business to see how they did it. Like in New York City, it's so competitive. You just have to do all the research and you have to be very analytical with every single move, like very strategic. So actually once it was, it happened like one night when I went to a Christmas party, I saw you know a, a celebrity chef that I've always admired. And he was just like, you know, hanging out, you know, having a good time. And I actually, I actually went up to him and asked him like, Hey, do you need anyone to do your social media? You know, I'm here. I'm looking for, for, for work. And he actually gave me the chance. He was like, yeah, just talk to me, email me, you know, after the Christmas party and we can talk more about like strategies and what can you offer to my platform and help me build my brand and, you know, the restaurant that he was involved with that time and also the future uh, projects that he, that he has. So then after a few days, I joined the team and I kept building with him and for him. So that's how he got me started. And this, this chef is he's awesome. Like he's all over media and he has always been such a mentor. So from there on, he introduced me to a lot of different chefs and different restaurants. And that's how I started really just growing and building and you know, telling everyone like what I do for a living. So that's really how I got started. And I just love it. I love it. That's so inspiring too, that you had the balls to just go up <laughs> and like, just wing it. I mean, that's the, I those are the, makes the best stories. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's awesome. Yeah. I love it. And just from knowing you yeah. for a while now, I I'm like, so that's scared. so Michelle. That's so Michelle. That's great. I love it. Yeah. I was terrified. I was terrified because he's like, to me, he's like a big shot. Like, right. you know, like he's, he's involved with so many different brands and restaurants in New York city. I'm like, he's never going to talk to me. And I looked at him like, I need a job. Can you give me a job? (laughs) And that was it. Like, it just got started from there and it just kept growing. So the reputation and branding is just, we just have to keep going. That's all. I totally agree. And also too, what I love about that story is that you said like how nervous you were, which means it was totally something you had to do. You know, like I feel like whenever you're really nervous about something, it's like, if you don't take this chance, like you're going to lose it. So like take the chance, right? awesome oh yeah I took it I was yeah it was it was not easy I think I think my advice to everyone is just like you have nothing to lose if you just you know the worst thing that this person can do is just say no I don't need help but you know let's connect anyway maybe in the future we can you know work together I think that it's never a lose-lose situation it's always a win-win you either need a sign or a connection or you actually end up getting a job so just take a chance and go for it totally 
So let's talk about like trending topics with COVID-19, not only for you personally as a mom with a kid at home, but also in the business world of the restaurants and hospitality space. So talk about like from a personal and professional standpoint, how you are coping with it and how you are helping your clients, you know, transition. So this COVID-19 pandemic has, (laughs) it impacted, you know, worldwide, obviously, but specifically in the the hospitality world or restaurants on a more local sense, it's just that everyone is so tight with their budget. Some people don't have jobs. Some restaurants are closed. Some restaurants are struggling, even though they have outdoor dining, they are not making, they're not profiting enough to really keep their business open. So a lot of them are, are not even hiring, you know, a publicist or, you know, social media strategist because they just simply don't have money to even keep their doors open. So Mm -hmm. that's just reality of things. I think from my standpoint, for my business, it's difficult because if the restaurant's not thriving, then I can't do my job to help them bring in customers because the doors are not open. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have to make sure that everyone is safe, you know, um, have, you know, hands are washed, uh, masks on and everything just to ensure nobody gets, you know, sick from, from COVID. But like, we also have to be very creative with whatever budget is given to us. Sometimes we even work for free. Like we're just here to help each other, mm-hmm. um, providing different strategies or different sales uh, tactics, call to action, all for free because we understand that everyone is struggling with, with budget and money right now. Either it be photography from like six feet apart or like having the chef prepare the food and bring it outside on, on you know, a table outside the sidewalk to take pictures. Or maybe like even interviewing people over like Instagram or Zoom session. It's difficult, but I think everyone is smart enough and creative enough to to still operate, still do business with each other. Mm-hmm. So um it hit my business for sure. Like I I should not be working, you know, like under these circumstances where like there's really no money to to help them, but then at the same time I have to in order for, for them to keep going with right. the restaurant business. So so that's what's going on there. And in terms of like personal, I think sending, and it, it applies to all parents, like sending your child to school full time, physically in school or doing a hundred percent virtual learning. It's, it's a constant battle because a lot of us are working parents. So we can't really sit next to their child from eight 20 in the morning to two 40 in the afternoon, right, right. you know, like, <laughs> that's that's her schedule in September until June, and you know, like, how am I going to do it? So the whole work life balance has to make sense. So I actually this morning I started like a journal where I I wrote down you know working hours and then like personal hours, which is like me time, which is pr- probably never, and then you know school time for my child, which is pretty long. Mm-hmm. So I think like a lot of parents, including myself, are just not sure of what to expect when the school year starts. But of course, I think all the parents are very concerned with COVID infecting like their kids and then coming back and getting us sick. So we just have to be mindful. I think that's good advice. And I think no matter what people choose, it's it's their decision at the end of the day, right? It is what it is. Like you got to do what's best right. for you. Good advice. Yeah, I was also exactly. going to say too, you know, chiming in, just circling back to what you said about the value of like social media and restaurants. It's like, almost now more than ever, like that is the value of social media because people can see that they even exist, right? Yeah. 
So I could see totally too, where like for you, like that's like, that's why they need you more than ever, because how are they, how else can they be found or reach out to new people to let them know they exist if they have no online presence? So exactly. So I think a lot of the businesses, they do, they love the social media aspect of, of, of marketing. But I also think that they're very hesitant because a lot of people do come out with, you know, very expensive proposals. Like, Hey, if you want your social media presence to be at such level, you know, like a rock star level, then, you know, you have to pay you know, X, Y, Z per month, which is like unreasonable. We're in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. We all have to be a little bit mindful and workable as well with, with the rate. So, I mean, I, you know, and also we have to understand that social media work is not, it's not free work. Like we still have our bills to pay. You know, I think like restaurant owners should also be mindful that a lot of this stuff is not pro bono. It's really like we're all struggling too and we want to like get our feet back in. So everyone just has to really work together and support each other. Mm-hmm. I also wanted to share this fun random fact that I remember about you and your company, but you guys help run the huge Chinese New Year in New York, right? Yeah. Yeah. Can you talk uh, about that? It's so whole, awesome. I mean, obviously uh, now with COVID, things are a little different, but can you talk about like that whole, <laughs> that whole experience? And like, I just think it's awesome. Like definitely share more. Yeah. So in the East Coast, we are one of the largest not-for-profit um, organization that hosts Chinese New Year or Lunar New Year uh, once a year. And it's usually, you know, beginning of the year, depending on the lunar calendar that we have. Uh, we have the whole Dragon Festival. We have the Firecracker Ceremony. We have, you know, spectators and visitors worldwide that come together. We actually did host a, a Lunar New Year parade before COVID took over. Wow. And, and that was in, um, yeah, it was in February. And I think, you know, we had every year, you know, it was just amazing. Everyone just comes in for the colors. We have floats. We have, you know, different uh, sponsorships and we have uh, beauty pageant queens just walking down, you know, the road <laughs> to Chinatown. We have kids who are like beating on the drums, playing, you know, Chinese instruments and also Chinese fan dance. So we do this every year and hopefully, you know, we have this opportunity again in the future. And uh, it's just a lot of fun. Like it's very colorful. It's, it's what goes awesome. into even a planning an event that big? So... The board of, the, we have over 13, well, 13 to 15, like, board of uh, members, actually, who are in charge of the whole, you know, program. Uh-huh. And then we also have a lot of interns who, who love to volunteer and just support the culture that we are trying to educate everyone about, you know, different types of holidays. Mm-hmm. So either it be, like, the Moon Cake Festival, the Dragon Boat Festival in, in Flush and Queens, or the, the biggest, you know, Lunar New Year. We just have to come together as a team and everyone is um, responsible for different areas. Like mm-hmm. some of them are responsible for sponsorship, but they will go to like different corporate uh, or companies and ask them if they want to get involved and sponsor a float. And then you have the sales team who basically um, support all the uh, different types of, you know, like uh, beauty pageants or all different types of local you know, businesses in Chinatown who wants to, you know, buy into some of the ads that we have. Um, and also the ones like us who are in charge of events. So we would actually call up like different media and producers to come in and film us and document like what we're doing, you know, behind the scene. Like either it be like rehearsal with the, with the dragon dance or even planning out with like 
New York City, you know, um, councilman who basically gives us like the permit to like perform throughout like Chinatown. So like it's just a lot of different people and groups that are like doing different things. And then at the end of the day, we just come together and piece, you know, all the puzzles together and then we just go, you know, when it when it's time. No, it's so true. So true. Great insight, though. I'm just so curious with like how many people actually attend. Well, I guess like you were saying, the events vary depending on which event it is because you guys do multiple events a year. Like the biggest event a year, how many people do you even know attend total? Oh my gosh, I have to. Um, I have to give you the numbers later. Uh, I don't know. Like, yeah, I know. I didn't mean to put the pressure on. Number. I'm just. I'm just really fascinated by that. So. I think it's super cool. Yeah. Let me, let me see. Yeah. I'll definitely let you know. Yeah. Well, I could put it in the blog too. I'll put it in the blog so that people will be able just like yeah, fun facts. It's a lot. Be cool. Like, yeah, we actually have a lot of um, people from the last, well, I think it was like two years ago. I spoke to someone who was from like Hong Kong and then like, <laughs> they were like doing stuff for like, for like their documentary and like people are just, they're scheduled to actually get sent to New York City just to cover this event. So it's pretty, it's pretty large. So I can give you like a, an estimate, but we don't have, like we didn't count everything. No, I'm event. assuming. I'm just so fascinated. I'm just curious because I find that stuff so interesting because I don't know. I just do. So I was curious. Anyway, side note. So let's talk totally now more about like how people can work with you. So can you give a little bit more information if somebody wanted to do a consultation and all those things? In terms of services? Yeah. Okay. So my everything is listed on my website for sure if everyone wants to like, you know, come and check it out. It's it's www.brooklynetmedia.com. But I do offer, you know, public relations services, social media marketing and consultation. Uh, these are the, the areas that I can actually um, provide in terms of like, you know, what you need exactly and also like different types of events. So, I mean, I'm on Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook. So, I'm kind of like all over the place right now. No, I mean, that's what you got to do as a PR girl in the way of the world yeah. today, right? And yeah. also, too, Brooklyn is short. Like, it's not fully spelled out Brooklyn. So, do you want to spell the website and the social media links for people? Yeah, sure. It's B-K-L-Y-N-I-T-E. And the other word is media, M-E-D-I-A. Perfect. So all social media channels, check out the website. Michelle is offering a free consultation once a week for 30 minutes on PR and social media. She's awesome. Michelle, you are amazing. Before we close out, I want to totally play some game time. Are you ready? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> There's no pressure with like how fast you have to answer these questions. It's just like a fun way for all of us to get to know you outside of your awesome career. So... What is Michelle's favorite food? Oh my gosh. Favorite. <laughs> I really would have to say, oh my gosh, dumplings. <laughs> Good choice. Okay. What kind of dumplings are we talking about? Um, so I really love pork and I know there's a lot of like pork and chives dumplings. I actually don't like chives. So I have to like really get rid of all the chives. Whenever you get me those, I have to like pick out all the <laughs> Open chives. it up and take it out. That's hysterical. <laughs> I am the weirdest eater, but yeah, I'm very, I'm picky, but I'm, I can try everything, but like, I, I, I know what I like. <laughs> no, I love that. And I also like, before we get into these other questions, I have to highlight your really fun facts that people don't, not everybody knows. So you speak fluent Cantonese, which is awesome. Um, and I'm assuming you speak that yeah, really just to your parents. Do you and your daughter speak it fluently or no? 
Unfortunately, no. <laughs> but I am teaching her right now, so she's picking. <laughs> she's picking it up. She's picking it up. That's it's good. Difficult because I do speak. Yeah, I, she speaks Cantonese with my parents, so that that works out. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. I mean, she's still young. You know what I'm saying? So there's plenty of time for. <laughs> Um, you can identify spices by the taste in the food. Tell me more about that. I think it really is because of my dad. My dad, you know, as a very young kid, he would give me like chilies and anything spicy and like sesame oil. He would actually just like lay it out and I would actually close my eyes and and taste them. Wow. You know, which spice is which. Yeah. And then my grandmother and a lot of the women in my family, they are fantastic, you know, cooks and they, they, they make like fresh everything. Like we, we don't use canned anything. Like everything has to be fresh and like from the garden. So I would go out to the garden and like pick different herbs and I'll put it in my mouth. Sometimes I'll put like soil in my mouth by accident as a kid. But you know, it's a different type of taste, obviously. You make soil and herbs, but that's just a whole separate story. Um, I can actually identify like different types of spices, just, you know, without you telling me, even if it's cooked in the food, I can tell you. That's like really impressive, Michelle, I have to say. It's like, it's really weird. (laughs) I do that. I'll be like, oh, you put too much salt in there. Like, he's like, how many, you know, pinches? I'm like, you didn't pinch. You literally just like threw it in there. Like, okay. (laughs) So do you love cooking then? Like, is cooking like one of your favorite things to do if you're so good at like, like noticing those details? I do love cooking. Um, I think it's, it relaxes me. And I also think that, you know, if you can identify spices, it's very easy for you to, you know, if you screw up on one entree, you can like unscrew it up by adding different things, different ingredients to balance it <laughs> I like out. that analogy. So that's... That. <laughs> you can unscrew it up. That's amazing. Yeah. No, that's cool. Really fun fact. Okay. And um, you love to hula hoop, which is Absolutely fantastic. Are you still doing this? <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I, I do it all the time. But like my low, as I get older, my lower back is not cooperating. But it actually um, helps keep me in shape. So I, I do it. And it's funny too, you know, like a, a you know, a mom who can do a hula hoop for like an hour standing there, you know, eating ice cream. Like that's what I do for fun. You're kidding. That is like Guinness Book of World Records type of status. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That's and awesome. my hula hoop is like three pounds, five pounds. They actually have these very heavy metal made hula hoop for fitness. Wow. Yeah. And I was just like, eat a bag of chips and I'm doing it because I think that oh, it'll cancel it. Balance and balancing. <laughs> Why like, not? Right? And eat like junk food. Oh my God. That's yeah. amazing. So that's something. That's hysterical. I love it. Oh my God. Thank you for sharing those really awesome facts. Okay. I want to finish game time. So um, if you could wear one outfit for the rest of your life from head to toe, what would it be and why? One outfit. One outfit. I would say like, I I mean, I'm doing it. I'm wearing it right now. It's a a sports bra and like sports shorts. Like, I, I'm very, like, into this stuff. And I'm wearing it right now. I would wear this forever. I've been wearing the same outfit probably the entire time that I'm quarantined. Yeah. And, <laughs> I like, can relate. I can <laughs> totally relate. Great yeah, answer. And, like, lip gloss. Like, I mean, that's not an outfit, but lip gloss and, like, <laughs> my gym outfit, and that's it. I mean, you got to be comfortable. I, I totally re- – and are we wearing sneakers or flip-flops with this outfit or flats? I am a sneakers kind of girl. Like, I'm always on the run. You know, I am always running. I'm I'm a, I'm a runner, so 
this is just how I'm going to be for the rest of my life. I love it. And super, like, I mean, the, I, I'm totally with you. I would rather be comfortable than wearing something super like uncomfortable. So great call. Um, okay. Next question. What is your favorite destination you've been to thus far and a bucket list destination you haven't been that you want to go? Oh oh my gosh. You guys are going to laugh at me. (laughs) I (laughs) love going to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh my God. It's hysterical. For what reason? I I just love the country. I love the Amish people. I think everyone there is so nice. (laughs) Um, and then (laughs) coming from New York city, right? No, but I think the reason why I fell in love with Lancaster is because when I was pregnant, I went to um, one of the restaurants there. And it's nothing fancy. It's, it's a buffet restaurant. But, like, I go there every single year after I gave birth to my child. No way. That's pregnant, special. Was, yeah. I go back there every year, and I'll and we always look for the same waitress every <laughs> time. And she's still there. That's amazing. And she remembers us. I'm like, hey. Do you remember me? And she's like, yeah, I remember you. I'm like, oh, this is my kid. And she's like, yeah, I see you guys every year. <laughs> That's adorable. That's really special. Yeah, it's like one of the things. But I was pregnant. I went there. And then I think I was like hormonal, whatever. Um, you know, in New York City, like you, if you order a soda, like it's only one. Like if you want a Sprite, it's Sprite until you pay your bill. Like right. you can't go like, I want Sprite <laughs> and then ginger ale and, and Pepsi. So when I went to the restaurant, the lady's like, "You, what kind of soda do you want? I'm like, I'm not sure. You know, I want a Sprite, but then I also want a Coke and ginger ale. She's like, you can have one of each. I'm like, oh, and I'm okay. Game changing. Totally done. That's amazing. Weird. But definitely Lancaster, Pennsylvania. And where would I like to go? Oh, my gosh. I feel like I want to go back there again, even though I've been there like a gajillion times. Um, I think I would love to actually go to... Hawaii. I've never been there and I've always wanted to go there. Cool choice. I agree with you. I've never been. That's definitely a bucket list place yeah. for me. People just say it's so magical. Yeah. So cool. Good choices. It is magical. All right. Final yeah. question. <laughs> so if you could spend a day with somebody dead or alive you have not met yet, who would it be and why? Oh my gosh. I really would, I really have to say Michelle Obama. Good one. I think she yeah, I think she's so awesome, and I think she's so she's so supportive with just the whole woman empowerment. Like, you know, girls can also do this, women can do this as well, or even better. And I think she is such a role model, and I look up to her all the time whenever I'm feeling down or, like, defeated. You know, like, she would have such inspirational, you know, quotes or just, like, look at YouTube, you know, some of the latest, you know, things that she's been working on and with different projects to help even like the world. Like I think she's so inspiring. It's gotta be her. She can give me like, I think she's also very honest and straightforward that she'll tell you like, Hey, listen, get back up and keep going. Don't give up. I think that's, I love her energy. No, that's a super good one. She really, I mean, she has created, like, despite being the first lady, like, she really, like, made a name for herself, like, a reputable, good name for herself. So I could not agree more with that. Great choice. Well, Michelle, yeah. you're fantastic. So you're so fabulous. So please tell us again how you people too. can thank you. Please tell us how they can follow you on social media, your website, and then also your your offer to all of us. Sure. Um, definitely go on my website at www.brooklynmedia.com and I'll spell it B-K-L-Y-N-I-C-E-M-E-D-I-A. Um, I'm on Instagram. Very active. Well, you guys can 
just find me there. Uh, LinkedIn, uh, for professional help, consultation, anything, social media, PR, um, definitely Facebook group if you are on Facebook, Twitter, um, and also if you guys have any questions, I am offering a 30 minutes for free consultation on either PR, social media, marketing, or, you know, um, branding. I'm here for you. Just give me a call or email me at Michelle. At brooklynightmedia.com. There you go. No, that was <laughs> perfect. Okay. Perfect. And also to close out, I would love for you to say like, why is it important for a business to work with a PR person and social media person? I think those two are very important marketing tools to help your brand, help your services, or even getting your background to a lot of other people outside of, you know, the 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 places that you have never thought of marketing. So mm-hmm. it's actually getting to the broader sense of, of all the people who are actually relying on digital marketing or social media platforms to, to get to know you. Like since we cannot physically be at every single event or location now, this is more important than anything. Like people need, you need that kind of marketing exposure online that people are relying heavily on for research you know, for things to do in the future. So I think having that message crafted carefully for like the right audience is important for for everyone to really start looking into and researching. I totally agree. Could not agree more. Great words of wisdom, Michelle. Shared a lot of good stuff today. So thank you again so much for coming on. Thank you everybody so much for tuning in to Anytime. Thank you everybody so much for tuning in to Becoming Next on Scene and stay tuned for who's next on Scene. The ups, the downs, and all the in-between. What it takes to become next on scene. Are you next? Follow us at Next On Scene.